really good episode on headcount, two exclamation marks. Thank you, smiley face with the extra parent at the end, is a review by Manny CR left on uh, New Year er, Christmas Eve for Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast, which you are listening to right now. The voice that you have been listening to is Josh's, and the voice you are about to be listening to is John's. That uh, review, oh, by the way, hi, folk, like parentheses S. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I've already ruined this one. Um, I it's that, good. that that review made less sense than what I just said. I don't. That was a review. Yeah, I mean, he's saying that he liked our Manny Cr said he liked our episode on headcount, and he just get he I, he just doubles up on the uh, on the uh, punctuation at the end. It looks nice. Oh, okay. When when did we do yeah. headcount? That was a while back. That was our. First episode? Was it the which, first one? Yeah. 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 Wow. Okay. And so what movie are we talking about this week, John? <laughs> this week, we're talking about uh, a a 2003 film uh, that is uh, a, a part two. Uh, and it is Final Destination 2, uh, directed by David R. Ellis. Yes, nice. and uh, it's uh, it's something else. It's uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I mean, I've seen it before, but it, it, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's really stressful. If you are a person that has anxiety about car accidents or or just horrifically lethal workplace accidents or if you're the kind of person that gets afraid when children are running around the house because oh my god the table has sharp corners and what if they fall and hurt themselves if those are the types of things that you deal with then this movie is specifically targeted to fuck your shit up so be warned <laughs> that's correct <laughs> yes yeah it does uh it when it when it's working, it is firing on all cylinders, and when it's not working, it is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. It had been a while since I'd watched it, and like my my impression of the movie was formed around two thousand three. So I was like seventeen, I want to say, and uh, I was like, oh man, this is great, and I hadn't um, realized how bad movie dialogue really was <laughs> until now and I'm like wow this is terrible but, yeah it's really but stilted yeah. which is crazy because yeah. I mean the the violence is so well orchestrated and uh I mean it's like yes. Rube Goldberg stuff going on it's just it's crazy um and then there's it's interspersed with these scenes of dialogue that are just they're just terrible and it's the story's fine I mean the, the idea is pretty straightforward it's a bit silly but that doesn't matter it's it's just the 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 script is bad and the acting is fucking terrible. But other than that, the yeah. movie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so David R. Ellis was primarily a stuntman uh, before moving on to directing films. His his stunt credits include uh, Misery, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, Lethal Weapon, Scarface, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers 78. Then he started directing, and he was like, fuck stunts. So he started directing with a sequel, Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. He directed Snakes on a Plane, and yep. then would go on to direct Final Destination 4, and 
one of the surprisingly good shark exploitation films that you'd never expect to be good, Shark Night, about um, some kids that go to a lake house to spend a wild week, and uh, then there are sharks in the fresh water somehow. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, and I it's saw, good! <laughs> I, that's crazy. I, I have not seen Shark Night, so I, I can't vouch, but uh, yeah. Uh, Snakes, snakes on a plane was surprisingly entertaining. I wouldn't call it good necessarily, but it was fun. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It's not cinema, but it is <laughs> spectacle. Yeah, which I guess you could say the same for this. This is probably better than Snakes on a Plane, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say maybe maybe not as many uh, famous pull quotes from it though. Yeah, but, you that's know, true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> Uh, this movie stars A.J. Cook as Kimberly Corman. Her last name is Corman because this movie, this movie is just a huge homage to the horror and, and action genre. There's tons of little snippets of things. Mm -hmm. There's uh, uh, Halloween, Hellraiser, uh, the, another family's last name is Carpenter. There's just stuff all through here of weird little things that you can find that are little, little, like, winks at other stuff which is great i love it yeah that's really cool I, I i appreciated that too i mean there's there's tons of them maybe more than any other movie i, I, I can think yeah of. it's ridiculous yeah if they put that level of effort into the dialogue maybe this movie would be great <laughs> yeah a better a better screenwriter would have been wonderful because the idea like i said the idea was fine it's executed well enough i mean it's you know it, it does its job if if it had some better dialogue it would this this could have actually been kind of a kind of a classic it sort of is already um yeah. in its own wayish. and i mean the the of course the final destination series was you know we're what we're up to five now and i think they're making the sixth so they're working it, on it it's quite successful so i mean you know <laughs> yeah it's been a it's been a huge hit these these movies and i remember i think i saw this one in the theater i mean because i i think the first one surprised me it was one of those things i was like i'm gonna watch this because this is ridiculous and I enjoyed it. And then when the second one came out, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go see this in the theater. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. You know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say, I think this is better than the original, which yeah. makes this one of those rare cases of a sequel being better than the original. The original was about the same on every level, except the kill scenes weren't as imaginative and stressful. And so imagine watching this movie, but the kill scenes aren't as enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, the, the kill scenes in this movie are just insane. They are yeah, they are ramped up to like the nth degree, and they're very well executed. I mean, there's some, you know, there's a little bit of CGI-ness going on, but they yeah. none of it's distracting to the point where it takes you out of it. I mean, the whole film has that early 2000s, late 90s look to it anyway, so... You kind of expect the CGI. I mean, it, 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 you'd almost miss it if it wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's got very much a I know what you did last destination vibe. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, they don't use a ton of CGI. I mean, most of the effects are, you know, I mean, you know, they do when there's like explosions and stuff. But they, you know, they try to use practical stuff when they can. And they, oh, you know. Yeah. And the gore in this movie is ridiculous. Oh, man, it's so good. In the best scene in this movie, there's uh, it involves some giant logs, and those logs were actually CGI because real logs aren't bouncy enough. 
And they did a great job. And other than that, like, like that whole scene is mostly stunts and practical effects with, like, bits of CGI, you know, put in for safety and stuff. It's fucking great. Like, yeah, yeah. This guy, like, David R. Ellis, he's a stunt dude. He was like, no, let's do, let's do cool shit stunts. Stunks. Yeah, good. Yeah. I can talk. He had some pretty cool shit stunks in this movie, and, that, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Also in this movie is Allie Larder. She plays a non-porn star named Clear Rivers. Um, she's the only survivor from the first installment. You may know Allie from her role as Claire Redfield in the Resident Evil franchise, or perhaps as Tracy, Nikki, and Jessica from the TV show Heroes. Yeah, she did some other TV stuff like uh, the Creep Show TV series. Uh, she was in the League, uh, Legally Blonde, you know, but yeah. That, that was her better shit that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. She was in both Legally Blonde movies. That's yeah. how you know, like, she was a character that mattered. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Well, The League was good. Uh, I, I did enjoy The League, and I, I didn't really watch Creep, so the TV series, so I can't speak to that. Whatever. Yeah. I, it's like... Uh, and, of course, the Candyman himself is here. Tony Todd plays a surprisingly sassy undertaker he's creepy by way of sassy um mr bloodworth and uh he he's technically in every final destination movie but in two of them he's just a voice he's great he's pulling shit out of nipples he's he's saying weird shit to people and uh it's great (laughs) he's working in the foggiest cave-like morgue i've ever seen it's wonderful. It's great, yeah. <laughs> they have to go in through, like, the the stone masonry wooden, like, medieval door to get to his crematorium. Fuck so was, yes. Like, what the hell is this? What they, they go for some weird gothic vibe just for a little bit, and then they're done. Yeah, just to Tony Todd with it. <laughs> Back to, we're supposed to be in Alaska, for whatever reason I never quite could understand. It's like, why is this in Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, uh, one, one, uh, oh yeah, there's a whole laundry list of actors. Too many interesting actors with interesting credits to mention. I'm sure a few have made a Star Trek appearance or two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did want to note a piece of trivia. Uh, at one point, a character named Nora dies in a manner that is based on the real-life incident of Dr. Hitoshi, uh, Nikaido, a surgical resident at a Houston hospital who was decapitated by a malfunctioning elevator the year before this movie came out. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and the, uh, the big log scene in this movie was also based on an actual, um, accident that occurred. So, so yeah, this movie is really like for your anxiety. Yeah, it really, yeah, it's just not a, not a movie to try to cool or not a movie to chillax to as the stoner loser in the movie says, chillax. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of love that guy. <laughs> I do too. Like you, you think you're gonna hate him because he's just constantly snorting cocaine, but then he ends up being like one of the most charming characters in the movie. <laughs> he has a couple great moments that I'm just like, wow, this guy is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie is ton- is full of tons of little like nods to stuff, and then like little like hints of of like doomful things that are going to happen, like 
Apparently there's a radio station, WWED, which stands for When yeah. Will Everyone Die or whatever. Yes. <laughs> all the every, every time you see a keychain, there's a number 13 on it. There's all this crazy stuff. The the brand of mozzarella sticks that I'm about to talk about were called Surefire Mozzarella Sticks. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so the movie starts, uh, we're hearing like news coverage, which is basically referring back to the events of the first film, the sinister deaths. And uh, we're also kind of having that interspersed with some pretty kind of shitty looking, I think digitally rendered uh, opening credits with a weird looking fake ass spider that seems to be crawling across every shot for some reason. <laughs> Great. Yes. Um, the Then, you know, we see like some footage from the same news show where the newscaster is interviewing some super paranoid guy. He's talking a bunch of horse shit about how there's this evil force that surrounds all of us, and then he basically calls it death. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait a minute, that's what, that's not an evil force that surrounds all of us? It's just part, okay, whatever. So, boo. Yeah, so they, they, they kind of argue back and forth. The host is like, you know, that you realize how crazy you sound and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, they, the guy basically like drops the idea that there's, there might be a way to, curtail this evil which basically means there's a way to cheat death which of course there isn't yeah. but that's fine and uh and then he he says something dumb about today may today may be your day to die um we see the young girl wake up kimberly she's the star yay kimberly uh she wakes up this crap is on her tv uh cuts to the to her like outside she's packing up her SUV with her friend and uh, they're about to take some kind of road trip. I don't know what it, what it was for. It doesn't matter. They're going to go party. Um, her going to do a lot of sex, awkward sex, talk uh, to dad about sex stuff. Yeah, that was so weird. Her dad is basically like, now be careful and don't do any drugs or sexing. And then her <laughs> her friend is like, ooh, we're going to have so much sex. Ew. <laughs> it was like, okay, just Ew. stop that. Very creepy. <laughs> It was so weird. Bye, Dad. <laughs> I'm gonna be bobbing up and down the whole trip. It was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And then so the dad says, "Buckle up," as they drive away. And then he notices that there's like a a little puddle of transmission fluid on the ground on the driveway. Great. <laughs> so uh, they get stuck in this uh, onway ramp, about to get onto the highway, and this this stereotypically horrible like homeless lady. Run, walks up to the car and startles them and like lifts up a bag of trash and then yeah drops it whatever and that's kind of no, the bag rips open and spills oh, all of right. her cans everywhere. spills trash everywhere that's right um yeah i don't know why it matters but it seems to matter for some reason uh anyways so then they they get on the highway and everybody's driving on the highway and it's incredibly loud and rainy and everyone on the highway is a complete douchebag it was there's like bros and guys talking about the guy in the back seat of the car with a friend's talking about titties. You see those titties? And a biker rides up and like flips flips Kimberly off and there's, you know, cops and a logging truck and all this stuff. The the guy in the back seat of Kim's truck throws his joint out the window cuz he sees the cop and it lands on the front of another person's car and catches like the leaves and shit on fire and the little crease between you know it's just 
just a million things happening at once. It was ridiculous. And then, of course, yeah. Kim's warning light comes on because, you know, she has a transmission fluid leak. Um, we see this motorcyclist flying down between the lanes. Like, it's just, it's pretty chaotic. It's like your worst highway scenario, worst case scenario. Yeah. Or, you know, driving in the Houston highways. Um <laughs> And uh, we see it, this trucker passes by. He's drinking, driving. Uh, we see a kid pass by, like, smashing his two toy cars together. <laughs> it's just, it's just in case you didn't know what was coming. Uh, we're introduced to this Coke burnout who's snorting Coke in his car and driving. Um, a cop whose coffee is spilling everywhere with no lid. It's bad. And then, of course, the coffee spills. Uh, the chain breaks, holding the logs on the logging truck. The logs all start to fall off. One big CGI log bounces up and goes right through the cop's windshield, blowing his head out the back of the car in like a pulpy mess. It's it's fucking oh, man. it's beautiful. It was it was great. Yeah. I mean, it just annihilates the guy's head. Um, <laughs> and then the coke guy's car hits something. I don't know, it's a log or something, and flips. Um, the biker falls off his bike and is skidding along on the wet road. Uh, he skids back first into one of the logs that's crossing the, the bisecting the highway. His bicycle, I mean bicycle, his motorcycle is still coming and crushes him. That was pretty sweet. Then we see that the uh, the cola douche, the coke guy, is like completely just dematerialized as his car gets sideswiped by an oncoming semi. It just explodes into nothing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. You see his corpse, because I was having some connectivity problems at the time when I was watching it, but when I was taking my notes, and <laughs> I had to pause it at one point, and I realized that his corpse is getting dragged under that semi. It was amazing. This is just a yeah. little yeah. thing. Yeah, the, the little details in there are, like, just top-notch, because, because it is actually, like, stunts and stuff. So, like, when you see their SUV flipping around, you see, like... A blonde-headed mannequin, yeah. like, half flying out the window, and it's, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, like an arm flopping out the window is amazing. Um, <laughs> we see some uh, yuppies that got a water bottle on the floorboard of the car. It gets stuck under the, the, the gas pedal. Uh, she can't, or brake pedal, she can't stop the car. They hit a giant log, massive, like, size of the car, basically, just the end of it, head-on, <laughs> which was fucking amazing. Um The car explodes in flames. We see um, another guy in a Firebird driving up. There's a a, the road is blocked by the I think the logging truck. The gas tank is hanging right there, and he just goes nose first into the gas tank, explodes, and we see him like burning to death and screaming in his car. Um, (laughs) It was so fucking great. The the Kim and her crew crash. They start rolling. We zoom in on her. She's like just kind of coming to the cars upside down. Uh, her and her friend are like barely conscious. Uh, we see the guy screaming in his car. And then he gets beefed by another semi. Just, just pours through. Um, God, it's ridiculous. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, she snaps out of it. It's, it's her imagination. Or, you know, she's having a premonition essentially. So... She flashes right back to the homeless lady, uh, just as she had seen her before. Bag tears, shit falls out, everything. She freaks the fuck out and, like, basically pulls her car 
across the roadway blocking everyone on the on-ramp, which is basically all the people that died in the previous sequence. So, yes, she's freaking the hell out. Highway to Hell from ACDC comes on the radio. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, cop gets out of his car to come up and see what the hell's going on, the one who had been killed in the premonition. Uh, I noticed his cop hat. He's like a state. It had badge holes, but no badge on it. Like, they, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand that. That was really weird. Anyways. Yeah. He's like the least cop of any movie cop forever. He really is. There's a scene where he has to remind them that he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I think you forget I'm a cop. It's like, oh, I did actually myself forget. Yeah. Um, uh, Kim sees the uh, the logging truck pass by going real fast. Tries to warn the cop that, you know, she saw this horrible thing and it's about to happen. Of course, he thinks she's crazy. Uh, but then the, the logging truck does cause a huge crash. But none of the people behind her are, are injured because they're all stuck behind her SUV. Um, yeah. But then her SUV gets completely sideswiped with, like, the whole gang inside of it uh, just bursts into flames, of course. Uh, she survives. And when we see her next, she's at the police station with the other, some of the other people who we saw die in the original sequence. Not all of them. I didn't understand that either. Yeah. Um, but anyway, she's there with that gang. They're all hanging out talking. Just, it's really bad. Uh, they're supposed to be it giving is. statements, but they all end up in one meeting room together. She tells the whole crew that the Flight 180 plane crash was on that exact same day a year ago. And uh, that there was a kid on the plane who convinced him, his buddies, to get off the plane because he had a premonition. So they lived. Um, and then we get... Like the cool black guy whose name is Eugene, who's like, it's just like, yeah, man. And I heard about how death was stalking the little boy and his friends and how they all died one by one. I'm like, what? This is really, really offensive. I know, I know. And he's the motorcycle guy. I'm like, what? The guy needs like a bro comb with a fist sticking out of his back pocket. It's so... I mean, he is the coolest black man in history. <laughs> he was really cool. <laughs> he takes his motorcycle helmet off and his afro is just perfect at like, like clean lines. <laughs> it's true. Uh, the cop, the, the, the state cop explains that there was one survivor uh, from this previous incident her name her name was clear rivers and uh <laughs> for god knows why uh and that she is uh kept away in a padded room in the in a mental hospital uh all the other people are like this is all just bullshit they don't believe anything uh kim's dad comes to pick her up and uh that's the end of that weird scene back at home uh kim asks her dad if her mom who is no longer with us uh, if she had had premonitions, because Kim is convinced that this is not over yet, and that she and all the rest of the people uh, who she saw die are going to actually die. Uh, and as per her premonition, we cut to the guy, the douche that drove the Firebird, who is coming home to the shittiest apartment building ever. And uh, it's like the Basket Case Hotel or whatever. There's like doll toys and just trash in the hall. And he's 
he's he's he has just previously won the lottery, so he's bringing home an, a giant box with an iMac and a bunch of other shit that he's bought. Um, he's super excited. He stumbles over the trash, almost falls, <laughs> and then uh, gets inside, opens his window very theatrically, so we know that's about to play into something. Picks up a frying pan full of spaghetti, throws the spaghetti out the window, which is awesome because it matters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just so well done. It's like, it takes more work to throw spaghetti out the window than it does to just throw it in the trash can. He's like, yeah, fuck this old spaghetti. <laughs> He's just such an ass and he throws it out the window. It's so great. <laughs> then he takes his shirt off because of course he does. And then he yeah. lights the stove, but the window's open, so there's there's this breeze that's stoking the flame, so something's happening. He really just has a terrible nipple ring. And uh, he's, he's getting all these calls on his answering machine, you know, like, Hey, what's up? I just heard you won the lottery, but that's not why I'm calling. <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. All, all his friends he never talks to are calling because they want money. Um, he... Uh, Drops his brand new ring that he's purchased, not the nipple ring, but finger ring, into the sink. Oh, man. Uh, he reaches in to get it out. His hand gets stuck, and now his microwave shorts out. Catches the pan of mozzarella cheese sticks, Surefire brand, on fire. Uh, yes. <laughs> he's trying to, like, get it off, and he, like, knocks it off the stove and then catches the whole room on fire. He finally manages to get his hand out. Uh, he busts out the fire extinguisher. It's empty uh the windows just fall closed and he can't reopen them i don't know okay uh so he breaks a window climbs out on the fire escape and you know like looks like that thing's gonna fall or something but it doesn't his apartment explodes uh he gets down on that little ladder thing that lowers you to the ground but it's kind of bouncy and it he can't like get it to go down and then it jams and he falls lands on the sidewalk or you know gets up Slips on the spaghetti, <laughs> yeah. falls back on his back. The ladder comes down at right few inches above him and stops. And he goes, Jesus Christ. And then the entire ladder just falls through his eye hole. <laughs> oh, boom. It was so good. Yes, it was fantastic. I was like, man, this I forgot how awesome this is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's just... It's just a crazy, like, domino stunt of death every time, and it's just superb. Oh, man. Uh, we'll, we'll have to come back to the giant pileup at the end and just talk about it a whole yeah. bunch, because it's great. Now everyone's at home, and they're watching the same news broadcast, and they see that the lottery douches accident happened, and now they're like, uh-oh, it must be true. <laughs> So, uh, Kimberly finds Clear at the sanatorium from Halloween Resurrection, yep. where a guy is quoting, they're, they're, they're all on me, they're all on me, from Hellraiser 2. Clear explains that the survivors die in the same order that they were originally supposed to in the accident that was avoided, but the reason that it skipped her is because the police officer saved her life from the car accident that happened after the car accident that she was supposed to die in, so now she's been bumped to the back of the list. But then Kimberly's like, well, wait a minute, all of these things, and so they realize that the, now the deaths are happening in reverse order for some yeah. reason that sucks and doesn't, it's not worth it's not worth anything. Yeah. I mean, they explain it later and it's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why anyone's watching this movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
she tells Kimberly to watch out for signs and portents or, or quote, in your face ironies like this happening or that happening. And she's like, the radio played Highway to Hell. And she's like, exactly like that. That's the stuff you got to look out for. It's like, okay, cool. Death, death has dad jokes. That's it's so cool. lame because she's checked herself into this mental hospital and apparently she can just she even has a button to open the door, you know, like she has a video monitor in her wall. Like, you know, she's got, she's got the, the stereotypical police investigator yarn with pins and multiple photos situation going on, on her padded wall. It's just like, what is happening right now? The doctor at the sanatorium's only job is to escort people to her padded cell and take away anything that might be dangerous from them so that Clear will be safe when they visit. (laughs) Enter cell full of (laughs) pushpins. Now, this was filmed in Vancouver, so I can only assume that the mental health care system in Canada is way awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, it's free. I, I know that much. Yeah. It's free. You get all kinds of great service. Uh, free push pins for your padded cell. Free video cam and uh, free subscription to USA Today. Kimberly then leaves because Claire's like, I'm not going to help you. (laughs) And then she has a pigeon premonition while uh, teaming up with the, uh, what I call, Officer Handsome Face. Then we see that she knows that the mom and son are next. They're at a dentist's office where the son makes a wild joke about getting molested by the dentist. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? And his mom thinks it's hilarious. Yeah, what does he say? If I come back with my pants undone, you know that something... We're not paying. We're not paying. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, and she's like, oh, you! (laughs) Oh, Tim. And then this dentist's office is apparently in a skyscraper where um, we see in the background there is a giant dangling window pane being hoisted into position because pigeons keep shattering the glass and every time that happens it makes the dentist jump even though he's trying to use a needle to inject drugs or a drill to drill on your teeth. It's very upsetting. Uh, there's this whole death setup with the mom in the waiting room and there's a, a, a fish tank and one of the fish got caught in the pump. It's causing the fish tank to malfunction. It's now shooting a little stream of water directly onto the floor and onto a poorly plugged in extension cord. And then because of the pigeons, the kid has to get the funny gas. The dentist leaves him with the funny gas on goes into the other room because a pigeon has broken through the thing. Chaos is going on. The kid can't move. The the fish mobile dangling above the dentist office chair, one of them falls and is stuck in his mouth and he's choking to death as the mom almost gets electrocuted to death in the waiting room. But then everything's fine and the receptionist comes in and fishes out the fish toy from the kid's mouth. He's fine. Everything's fine here. Except they they, uh, they have that whole thing where the, the, the fish tank shorts out and the, I forget how, but it, it uh, I think it, the elect I don't know what, I don't remember why, but it basically turns off the nitrous oxide so that he's, 
or I mean, turns off the oxygen flow, so he's yeah. only breathing nitrous. So he's like fading yeah. out, and then that stupid fucking fish thing falls in his mouth. Uh, but then when the nurse comes and takes the the fish out, like yeah. he breathes smooth again. It's like, well, wait a minute, who turned the oxygen back on? I didn't, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, the air is there, too. It's yeah, just, that was true. just for the mix. And then, yeah, as they're leaving, his mom's like, so what did the dentist say about your tooth? And he was like, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> and why are my pants undone? <laughs> <laughs> did we pay? <laughs> uh, just then, as they're leaving the pigeon death high-rise that apparently like the pigeon breaks through the glass and then is alive on the other side and they're flopping around stupid yeah it's like these are you need way better windows than this obviously (laughs) because pigeons are not like that um so as mom and son are leaving the dentist's office kimberly and officer handsome face are running towards them they see them in the different in the distance the yellow warning look out for the pigeons it's the pigeons and then the kid is like <laughs> pigeons and he sees a, a flock of pigeons on the ground and he runs into the flock to scare them and make them fly everywhere this causes a chain reaction which results in the giant pane of glass hoisted in the air dropping onto the kid and splattering him into the the ground like a nail or a tall bug and it just evaporates into slush he like folds backwards and blood goes everywhere and it flattens him into this like paste it's just it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing it doesn't make sense because we know that that glass isn't very strong but i don't care because it's fucking awesome maybe they were replacing the shitty windows with the better glass (laughs) nice Oh, man. Uh, Just uh, as they're coming to terms with all of this, Clear shows up. She's suddenly brave, and she takes them to Mr. Bloodworth's, which I I can only describe it as a lair. Um, We talked about it in the intro. Uh, She says amazing lines such as, quote, Look, we drove a long way to get here, so if you happen to know how to stop death, it'd be really great if you told us. Because that's what morticians know. (laughs) yes but he's like super creepy he like while he's there he he's he just happens to have the lottery guy's body there he yoinks the the nipple ring directly out not the nice way then just offhandedly shoves the whole body into the incinerator um he he like i said he does a bunch of sassy creep stuff before he drops a clue that only new life can defeat death meaning that if a new life that wasn't meant to be comes into being, then death will have to start its list over somewhere else. Yeah. Which, off yeah. they go. Off they go because they want to now go, you know, hunt down the pregnant lady and, you know, make sure that she has her baby. Great. Like, yeah. So they head off to a gas station. They need to gas up. While they're there, there's some skater douches that come out of the little store and... They're like smoking cigarettes right by the gas pump and clear, clear rivers. It's like, what are you thinking? And the guy's like, I'm thinking, suck on my junk, biatch. He does. It's the worst. He's wearing like no fear paraphernalia and he says those exact words and it's so uncomfortable. 
She's just like, whatever. Like, it's just, like, she should have kicked him in the nards or something. Yeah, it's like, anyway, what are you, 12? That's great. And so then Kim has another vision of uh, a van crashing into water. And uh, yeah. she starts coughing for whatever reason. And then we we see a car swerve on the road right out there in front of them. Um, power lines start sparking. There's a guy unloading some propane tanks that looks like he's about to drop them all or whatever. There's a lady walking a hundred dogs across the road. Like, just setting up a really bad scenario, uh, which amounts to fuck all. But it, then... Yeah. It, it dawns on the, the, the cop, I guess, yeah, this is where he realizes, Burke, I think his name is, that the, the pregnant lady should be able to, to stop this. Um, you know, if they can protect the baby and make sure that the baby's born, then it, the movie will be over and everyone will have a happy ending. Um, yeah. So he puts out an APB for the van um, and uh, they head off back to, uh, I think it's Cola Guy's place. It's somebody's place to... For the group meeting. I guess it's the cop's place? I don't know whose place it is, but yeah, they're they're gonna have, like, a book club about it. It's yeah. very strange. I thought it was the cop's place, but... And then the coke guy even arrives after the gang is already there. But then there's a scene where he's, like, doing stuff that I'm about to talk about, like it's his place. I didn't make any sense. Maybe he's... Yeah. Maybe he's living... Maybe he's the roommate of the cop. Maybe that's it. <laughs> oh, they would be such good buddies! <laughs> It's such bros. Um, so yeah, so they're all there. They're gonna have their little their little group meeting where they're gonna come up with a a brilliant idea. They're not gonna go save rescue the pregnant lady's baby first. First, they're gonna go have a group meeting. It's like yeah, what? Um, yeah, the coke guy gets his foot stuck in the elevator doors, but he manages to get in without getting injured. But it rips his shoe off, and so <laughs> he sta- the guy next to him is like the maintenance guy, and the guy's like. Really got to get those bumpers fixed. And then the Coke guy takes the shoe off and he's like, oh, is that shit? <laughs> he holds it over to the maintenance guy and he's like, hey, smell this. The guy's like, yeah. just looks at him like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then they're standing on the elevator and the, the Coke guy is like, uh, you got a little something right there on your face. Let me just, let me just get that. You can hear this like saliva sound. And like wants to wipe off his face. <laughs> he tries to wipe and off the really guy's face. He's really insistent about it. Oh, it's fucking hilarious. And the guy's like, dude. He's like backs away, you know, and then the elevator opens, the elevator door opens, and the guy gets out, and the stoner guy is still like, dude, just let me wipe it off. <laughs> so weird. It's really funny. Uh, we cut back to the uh, apartment, and uh, Eugene is extremely cool. And in no way is stereotypical. And uh, he's being just just kind of lurking around, being cool. The whole team meets. They start talking about, you know, how they're going to have this great plan. For whatever reason, the pregnant woman isn't there, even though she's part of the whole thing. I guess she doesn't want to be there. That's the I idea. don't think she's... She has never been part of the book club. I guess um, that's... Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't at the police thing. Oh, and she, she doesn't... She, does she doesn't... Does she die in the original scene? Ooh, spoilers. Oh, okay, so carry on. So they're they're talking about how there's these signs, you know, you gotta watch for the signs, which are really overt, but that's fine. And then uh Eugene is like, Yeah, man, you know what, man? Let me tell you something, man. I gotta cut bullshit on this, man. Fuck this, I'm out. And he like grabs his jacket. And his fucking keychain falls out, and it's got a little 
little like a pool ball on it, which falls off and rolls over, gets stuck in a mousetrap. <laughs> that mousetrap somehow triggers a device that this little hook rope system that's holding a kayak up in the ceiling. And then that un- like undoes the kayak and it swings outward like a giant spear <laughs> it's so weird. Like heading straight for uh was it Eugene? Yeah. It's uh Yeah. He, he, who almost gets completely kayaked in the face and they push him out of the way at the last second or something, and then Claire says, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> How? What? Yeah, yeah. Like you you could die any possible way. Yes, granted, you know, having your Having your kayak, sky kayak, yeah, your, your sky kayak hooked up at you know so that all of its weight hinges on one little string is probably not the greatest idea, um, but whatever. So then everybody yeah. like cops a bunch of attitude for some reason. It's really annoying. Uh, then we cut to the cop, uh, a cop pulling the pregnant woman over because they have this APB. So he you know he's going to take her back to to hold on, hang her, hang on to her so she'll be safe and not drive into a lake. Yeah. Um, the gang is now getting ready to, you know, take off. Uh, Nora, who is the mother of Tim that got crushed earlier, uh, tells this sob story about it. My husband is gone, and now my little asshole Tim is gone. And then Kim gives her this little pep talk. It has no effect and no relevance. And then Eugene is like, eh, fuck you, man. I'm out. And then <laughs> he, uh, he leaves. Uh, uh, Coke, Coke guy puts the kayak rigging, he like takes the kayak rigging and goes throw it in the, his closet, which I didn't think was his closet, but is his closet, whatever. Um, he's got like his bowling, like apparently he's like an athlete or something. He's got bowling ball and all this crap and the ice skates and stuff. And it looks like he's going to trigger some horrible thing. And then all the shit falls on top of him, but he's Okay. And then uh, Eugene and Nora are on the same elevator. They get on this elevator, and there's a dude on the elevator with a basket full of false arms with hooks and shit. It's like, what is this? It's the hook man. Um, yeah, it's it's really weird. The the and then um, uh, Cola, like the Coke guy, has has his own vision of a man with hooks because the light from the closet make some stupid image on the floor and he's like is, yeah. is that a sign and they they're like <laughs> man with hooks oh my god as if that as if any of them know what that means so they run out to the elevator because they need to save nora and eugene and in the meantime on the elevator the guy with the basket of arms is sniffing nora's hair from behind yeah. that was weird like joe biden <laughs> <laughs> that was creepy um Officer Burke calls her, so suddenly cell phones are now in the picture. And not only are they in the picture, but he's actually able to get a hold of her on an elevator. Barely. Yeah, it's not not a great connection, which, okay, anyways. So he calls, he's he's trying to warn her that Hooks is is about to kill her. And uh, she finally hears it. uh, Well, she gets her hair, she's like, huh, what, huh? And then she gets her hair caught on one of the hooks, like her ponytail, And she freaks the fuck out because she, you know, she's just been told this guy's going to kill her. And then she tries to get out of the elevator, but gets her head caught in the doors and the bumpers we've heard earlier were fucked up. 
So basically the elevator starts lifting and lifts her with it. And her head is like, you know, still hanging inside. And so that way she was it the head was hanging inside, right? Yeah. Yeah. The head inside all the entire head inside the door has closed on her neck. That's right. And, and she's facing down. And so like they're the, they're on the outside, like lifting her up and on the inside, they're trying to open the doors and it's like closing on her neck. That's right. She's like bleeding out of her mouth and she's like, I don't want to die or whatever. And then of course she's yeah. decapitated and it's fucking, as I said here, I, as I wrote, I think I came a little. <laughs> it was so good. It's so good. Um, Eugene is completely panicking. He is not cool yeah. anymore. He's cool. All cool has been lost. Um, yeah. Just to drive it home, he grabs Burke's gun and is like pointing it at everybody because he's just completely freaking out. And then he decides he's going to shoot himself, pulls the trigger several times. Nothing happens. They get the gun away from him. And then Clear looks at the gun. It's fully loaded. And they're like, she says, it wasn't his turn to die. (laughs) That was really dumb. And then they're off to go find the pregnant lady. Um, Burke, the cop, insists that she's safe. Because she's being held in a jail cell, um, but then her water breaks in the in the cell, and yeah. they have to take her out of their protective custody and take her to the hospital. Um, the, the meantime, back with the group, the original group, they're talking about they all share stories about how they've all narrowly escaped death at some point in the in the you know recent past, and as a result of them escaping, it someone else died, and yeah. They realize, they put two and two together. These are all the friends, the group of friends that escaped the the uh, air flight uh, for whatever, except for Clear, who checked herself into a mental hospital and is still alive, which, okay. That's, yeah. Sure, why not? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah. Then Clear starts talking about how... Uh, because of this, there is a rift in death's design and that oh, the yeah. this new crowd are dying backwards um, in the backwards order uh, because death wants to get its due. And I don't know, she explains it. It's so fucking dumb that I just tuned it out. I watched it several times just to get that, that scene. And finally, I was like, you know what? I don't even fucking care. I just, yeah. I just was like, fuck this. So it's just a load of shit. Like every time she opens her mouth, it's just a load of shit. So <laughs> whatever. And then she says how they need to seal the rift once and for all. And somehow they all understand what that means. And then uh, yeah. they're driving out, rushing out to go, you know, catch up with the pregnant lady. And their car gets flat and just so happens to be a moment you know, like before they come across the van going the other direction with the pregnant lady in it. And they almost hit the van. Both cars swerve. The van goes into a ditch and their car like crashes through a gigantic wall of hay bales <laughs> in a farm <laughs> and basically slams into like a platform truck or something covered in PVC pipe. Well, they smash through a fence first and the fence post goes yeah. through the door. And uh, then they hit they they basically like come to rest at this huge thing of PVC that's like smashed through the window and stuff and the the girl driving whose name I can't remember and really don't care um, yeah. is almost almost impaled in the back of her skull with the uh, PVC pipe it's uh, that's it's quite a scene 
<laughs> yeah. So there's just this this shard of PVC pipe pointed at the back of her head, but she's fine. The Eugene, one of his lungs has collapsed. We don't really know how. There's like a little bit of blood on the yeah. inside of his jacket, but it's just like, oh yeah, uh, he can't breathe now. Um, yeah. So, but other than that, everyone's fine. They get him out of the car. They're like working with him. Um, uh, the cops and ambulance and fire truck show up along with the family that runs this farm that they're on. Um, the the waster ends up saving the farming ki family's kid from being run over by the news van, <laughs> the WWED news van. Which shows uh, up instantaneously, I might add. Yeah, they're like, we are on this. There is not a lot going on in Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then they back their van up into sharp rocks, which puncture the gas tank, and gas starts leaking out of the news van into, I guess, like, irrigation pipes or something. And we, yeah. so all all during what I'm about to describe, we're getting, like, cut over to, like, gasoline, you know, moving through these, these uh, PVC underground pipes. Um, uh, and then we get this touching scene where... The waster gives his wallet and keys to Kimberly so she can clean up his drugs and porn if he dies so that his mom won't be heartbroken <laughs> by what she finds in his apartment. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, meanwhile, a fireman is using the jaws of life on the smoky lady uh, to get her out of the car. Remember, she, her, she's she's pinned into the driver's seat by a fence post. They didn't bother to take the sharp spear of PVC pipe out of the headrest before uh, using the jaws of life on the side of the car, and thus, uh, it sets off the airbag, which shoves her head around the PVC pipe, although we do see, like, it stick, it's sticking out the front of her forehead. You see little, like, little chunks and stuff in the, in the inside of the tube real good. She's been smoking during all of this. Her, her cigarette falls to the ground. A little breeze picks it up and carries it away, and it <laughs> falls into one of the PVC tunnels where the gasoline is, and the fire goes all the way back to the news van, explodes the news van, and then that explosion causes a segment of uh, 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 barbed wire fence with, like, the posts intact, <clears throat> like just rocketing across a field. A tree limb falls, which causes officer man to fall, to duck down. And so it goes right past him and gets the waster and it just like chops him into chunks while he's like staring and, and looking while his body is like sliding apart. <laughs> yeah. One of those shots. That's so good. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's real good. Um, so now there's just the three of them. Um, the the Kimberly Clear and Officer, they decide to head to the hospital where the pregnant lady and uh, and Eugene are. Um, back at the hospital, the pregnant lady's birth is getting complicated, and the black guy's room is also getting complicated with malfunctions, like you would see in a typical Final Destination Domino scenario. Like, but in this the, case, the, it's it's all happening. 
like something's making it happen this time. Like it's not, yeah. this isn't bumping, you know, like his bed moves for no reason. It just, it's as if now there actually is some evil force. I didn't get it. So you have to, we'll get into it because there there is supposed to be more of that happening all the time. Ah, okay. Like uh, even even with the with the lottery winner guy, like he had a uh, uh, letter uh, like magnet uh, magnet letters on the side of his fridge, and the thing that caused everything to go wrong is one of them dropped. It, it said "Hey E," like "Hey Evan," and the H fell off into his bowl of noodles. And whenever he put that in the toaster oven, that's what caused the one of the oh. fires to start. And, of course, whenever you remove the H from Hey E, it just says I, and then he gets impaled through the eye by a ladder. That's so awesome. so there's all kinds of little stuff, and you're supposed to be able to see, like, shadows clouding over things, but you, I think that only really works in the movie theater and didn't really translate well to our high-definition screens. <laughs> but, yeah, so, so Eugene's... Um, He's hooked up to like ventilators and stuff. The the vents to his room shut off. The the machines start pulling away. The the red emergency button gets pulled out of his hand. The everything's like sliding away, and so it unplugs his ventilation machine, and he's like starting to choke because he has a collapsed lung, and now the the oxygen being fed into it isn't working. And meanwhile, all of the stuff is going on with like, oh no, the baby's tubes are bad and also they're talking about dr kalarjian and there's like this weird sexism thing where kimberly's like it's a nurse named kalarjian and then at the hospital they're like dr kalarjian it's weird um, also and i'm sorry that, i have to yeah. i have to interject kalarjian yeah kalarjian <laughs> what the fuck who came up with kalarjian why is Maybe that a reference yeah i was like I is that an anagram <laughs> i i i'll have to check and see if it's an anagram yeah, yeah, there's, I, I even, I looked for it, I went to the IMDb trivia, I opened all of the little things, and I searched for Kalarjian, I couldn't find any trivia about it. I was so like, weird. what is that? Yeah. <laughs> Kalarjian. Uh, but then the baby is born just fine, and oh, and as the music swells up in happiness, the, uh, uh, Eugene's, um, Eugene's, uh, oxygen stuff comes back on the emergency backup battery lights up so now he's getting oxygen again he can breathe everyone's happy they show up they're like oh this is great um and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> just then kimberly has a flashback and remembers seeing from inside the fiery uh, almost death of her SUV, the pregnant lady getting out of her van and looking on on the pile up from her from her vision that never happened and realizes, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, she didn't die in the pile up. This baby doesn't mean anything. And as she's realizing that uh, Clear Rivers is like, well, I'm going to go check on Eugene. And, and she opens the door and opening the door causes the machine to fully unplug and because the vent to the room has been closed the whole place has just been filling with pure oxygen and and then a spark and it blows everyone up and eugene is dead and and clear rivers is now crispy fried and that goes back to a thing that that tony todd like touched her boob earlier and he was like there's so much 
fire in you and all of this stuff and so now now it's just kimberly and the officer and kimberly realizes that if that's going on then the vision of the thing in the van wasn't that and then her hands are now all bloody just like in the vision of what she thought was the pregnant lady she's like oh i realize what i have to do so she steals an ambulance drives it into the river and then she gets resuscitated by dr kalarjian because the idea is that she has to die and then be brought back to life in order to end the curse so that happens it just goes that way then it's later and there's happy music and the light is all glowing it's a beautiful summer day kimberly her father the officer uh, and the farmers are enjoying a nice lunch in the glowing evening sun uh, or i guess dinner yeah why 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 are they hanging out with the farmers like, because people died on their property or something? So they're like, hey, let's have a cookout. <laughs> it's fucking weird. I don't know. Those I would not be chilling, chillaxing with those people. So, yeah, they're they're having a barbecue. There's an allusion to the... She's like, hey, did did you tell you about the guy that died and how he saved our son from the, from the news van that almost killed him? And Kimberly's like, what? And... At, while, while they're telling the story, the kid has gone off to the propane grill to check on the meat. And then as this is being explained, all of a sudden the propane grill explodes. And then oh, it's so the mom is crying when all of a sudden the son's crispy fried arm drops into the plate in front of her. And she starts screaming, movie over. It's so good. I love the His death is so... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it, it, his death is fantastic. Like he is, you can see him get blown to chunks. And mm-hmm. like, if so many people have died from like these crazy chain of events and stuff, and like he just, he's just like, I'm gonna go over here and check. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, and you can see it happen in the distance as they're telling the story of how he got saved by the waster. It's just him walking towards the grill in the background, and then just boom. Some of this stuff is just pure poetry, like the 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 kinetic effect. Maybe because he's a stunt guy or something, he just understands the sequence of physical events really well. I don't know what it is, but this guy is a master at de- at handling that kind of like kinetic activity. Um, I mean, he 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 does it as good as anyone. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking great. I uh. uh... I love this movie, except when I'm watching it and they're talking, it gets terrible. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So before we do the things, let's let's do reviews, John, or ratings, and yeah. uh, out of out of five, how many loathsome things did you give this? I I, I gave it a three. <laughs> nice. I um I you know gave it. I nothing got completely full marks. Um. It is a horror movie, but it's not... I didn't find it. Kind of. Yeah, it's kind of a horror movie. It's more... I don't know. It's. I think it's a better action movie. But it's kind of a horror movie. It's not scary at all. The atmosphere is pretty shitty. I like the setting, but they don't do anything with it. So I didn't give it a lot of marks. The writing I kept pretty low because it's terrible. Um, Yeah. The effects themselves I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, Production values are decent. The movie had a decent budget. It doesn't look expensive, but that's fine. The effects are effective... And that's that. A lot of a lot of that is because of the production uh, values. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Got pretty high marks for that, and the acting was piss poor. 
that yeah. the acting really brought it down. Between the acting, writing, and atmosphere, that's what killed this movie. Because otherwise, we would have been looking at like a four. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. How about you? I gave it a, basically the same. I gave it a 3.3. It's, oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's not a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it's it's like a horror movie. Um, it it has horror movie elements, but it's really more like a disaster movie. It um, but it it so so it's not scary, but it is it is intensely uh, yeah. anxiety. Like whatever whatever the word is for causes anxiety, it's that in spades. Uh, and yeah. it even does those little false starts where you see a disaster building up, mm-hmm. but then nothing comes of it. And so that then lulls you into a weird thing and the, all of these ups and downs. It's just tremendous. He, it, It's not original, you know? There, it, right. Everything here is derived from other things. You, you recognize all of the pieces from other things, but he just nailed it on so many of the effects. And uh, especially, like, that fucking pile-up scene is one of the greatest movie scenes I've ever seen in my life. Like, it is it is up there with the greatest, like, it's up there with Jaws, it's up there with, with John Carpenter's The Thing. It is phenomenal disaster cinema, and it, it's just mind-blowing. It's a shame that it had to come at the beginning of the movie, because if that yeah. had been, like, a big grand conclusion, yeah. what a note to go out on. But, I mean, it, it worked. I mean, it's what this, these movies are. It, it, but it's just it's tremendous it nothing else in the the final destination series comes anywhere near what this movie achieved with that big true story. that's true i you know <clears throat> sometimes i'll i'll rate a movie higher than i feel like i should but i but it, i'm just going off of the criteria that i use um yeah this is a, this is a kind of movie where it's like i feel like i should rate it higher you know than i did like it's, it's other it's going in the other direction but because I really enjoyed watching it a lot, and it it goes by really fast. I mean, it's an it's a yeah. really it's an entertaining movie, and it was kind of hard to write about because so much happens. Like you can't you you yeah. have to try to like filter it down to try to get the s. It's like Jesus Christ, there's and it just comes right out of the shoot and just hammers you like boom, 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 boom. And my you now that first twenty minutes are over just like that, and it was just like Jesus Christ, that was pure action for twenty minutes. That was that was fucking great. Yeah. So it's like I there's you know if there were these arbitrary ways of rating this movie like as an action movie I'd give this movie like a four point five or something or four you know like but it's just not it's not really a horror movie I mean it is in a way it kind of fits in very much so with the early two thousands kind of idea of horror you've got the the very attractive young people who are stylish and. You know, you've got the broy guy that's you know the nicest guy ever, and all. you just you know, and then you just have these setups for action. But it just so happens that the action that's being set up is as good as you're going to see in any movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, it's just it's just wild uh, how not good the movie is, but then how great the movie is at points. Like like yeah. it, it has these tremendous moments but then it's just it's just a shit movie besides that like a a bad movie is i equate a bad movie to like when you're stuck having to listen to or or talk to or be in the presence of someone who's really really boring and tedious that's what a bad movie is like and you know sometimes you you come across people who are you know 
pretty, like, you don't really get them at all. They're really just kind of like, what the fuck is this person? But they're entertaining. You know? Yeah. So you enjoy being around. That's this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's really, really fucking dumb, but you don't care because it has charm. It has personality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This movie is like if Joe Biden told really good jokes. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. It's going to sniff your hair, but... It's going to touch your boob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, because you, you, you were talking about... Um, <laughs> Oh my god. Like how it refers back to other movies like Butcher Baker with the with the log and yeah. uh, there was uh, there were certain moments like that where I was like this movie references movies we've done a bunch of times and like it's it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, David R. Ellis obviously has a love of cinema. I mean, he's been working in movies for forever. One yeah. of the stunt credits I didn't mention was Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Like he's been he's been doing this forever. He loves the stuff and and this was his chance to to show us what he had and and he did. And yeah. uh, it kicks ass. I want to uh tip my hat to him for the um fake out of killing and then not killing and then actually killing her horrible three friends in the SUV because as soon as it turned out that we were going to have to watch them be her friends for the rest of that movie I was just like oh man I fucking hate all three of them and then they're gone and they're yep. just dead yep. it's perfect it's great you don't see them again it's over it was that was wonderful I was yeah I was really happy about about, yeah, about was, their death. I was really happy about that pretty girl with those two fat potheads dying. <laughs> that fucking douche. Oh, I'm totally going to jail. I'm totally going to jail. I'm like, oh, God, I hate you so much. It's uh, like, why were those two girls taking those two guys to spring break? I don't understand, but it's fine. It's fine. They're dead. Yeah, they're all dead. So yeah, that is a 6.3 out of 10 loathsome things for Final Destination 2. It's a good place to start out the new year. Mm -hmm. So, John, what else have you been up to in horror or content or life? I watched that show, that, that movie, The Creator, uh, made by uh, Gareth Edwards, the guy that yeah. made uh, Rogue One. It was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not horror, but uh, it was real. a lot of fun sci-fi. The effects were really really entertaining. I highly recommend that if anybody's considering watching that. It's it's fantastic. I finished uh, I finally finished the Hell House Origins the the Carmichael Manor movie, the the yeah. third or fourth one or whatever it is. I don't know if it's supposed to be the last one, but it was good. I mean, I've liked all the movies. They're they're not great, but they they do what they need to do and, you know, for a for a low budget found footage film, they're they've they've managed to kind of create their own you know, boogeyman kind of character, you know, like the evil clown thing or whatever. And it, it's a, it's a really scary character actually. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it worked anyways. I enjoyed that. I, I recommend that series oddly enough. Uh, we watched a series on HBO called the outsider. It's based on the novel by Stephen King. And it was, it was really good. It was, uh, oh. it was like what? 10 episodes. It's got, you know, supernatural elements to it. You know, it's Stephen King. It's very Stephen King. It's not, it's not one of his horror ones, but it does have supernatural business. Great show. Highly recommend that show. Um, nice. I watched Dark Was the Night, which I turns out I had seen before with uh, Kevin Kevin Durand, Kevin Durand, oh, yeah. big muscular guy, um, and uh, he's like a you know a, a guy whose wife has died and. 
uh, I mean, his, his kid has died and he and his wife are separated. They have another kid and there's, you know, some sort of creature apparently that's killing people out in the woods. And, uh, it was, it was all right. It was very atmospheric intentionally. And then the ending is, is much more like kind of camp and, you know, like B, B movie horror type stuff. It's great. The ending is fantastic, but it, it didn't fit very well with the rest of the movie, kind of. But it's worth watching. I enjoyed it. And then the last one I saw nice. was, uh, I saw The Breach. Uh, the Breach was is a movie, a, a low-budget Canadian film as well, I guess. It was, uh, it's based on a novel by a horror writer named Nick Cutter, who's one of my favorite writers and horror writers. He He's known for, like, really gross-out, like, parasite-based body horror and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, this this is one of those books, and the book is is good. It's not my favorite of his, but it's, I still really enjoyed it. The movie's pretty bad. I mean, it's really really low budget. <laughs> it's got some cool stuff in it, just because I read the book. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I hadn't read the book, I wouldn't have even given this movie a second thought. But, anyways, it's some cool stuff, and uh, there's some some more things that I'm looking forward to that I saw like. There's something on Hulu. I forget the name of it, but it's something I've been wanting to see, and they just released it. So I'm pretty psyched about that. Um, what, what about nice. you? Uh, I watched Final Destination, Final Destination 2, Final Destination 3, The Final Destination, and Final Destination 5. Wow. Wow. It, yeah. yeah. So you, yeah, when you said earlier that, that 2 was the best of the bunch, you would know you watched them all. I watched them all, not in order, yeah. in a weird order that didn't make any sense. But yeah, it's definitely the best of the bunch. There's there's other great shots there in are. the others. One of the things that I appreciate about the franchise is each one has its own take on death, mm-hmm. like its own um like the characters come up with their own working theories on how to do it. In one of them, it's very much about photography. Like if you look in the photographs, you can see how you're going to die in another one. It's another thing. One of them is technically a prequel because then at the end, the two that survived get on an airplane and you see that it's the airplane from the first movie and they see the kid and all of his friends get off and then they're just in the plane. And then you watch the explosion and all of the death happen from their point of view. I was like, that's, that's fucking nice. That is pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a good franchise. They're just it's not it's not all winners, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, David R. Ellis directed the Final Destination as well, and um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, the whole premise really makes no fucking sense. Like, like <laughs> death, like watch out because death is coming for you. Like, it's death is coming for everybody. It doesn't make any sense. Like, everyone's gonna yeah. die. What is the? It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, if you're going to give it some sort of, if you're going to personify it somehow or make it, you know, some sort of sentient force, what sets all of these people apart from everyone else who's going to die? It's And w- what about, like, then there's the whole fate versus, like, are you, uh, do you actually get to make your own decisions in life or are you just fated to... De- you know, this movie does this movie does not handle philosophical ideas very well at all. <laughs> I and it's not something you can get from watching one movie, but when you watch all of them, it's just like, oh, it's all fucked. Where it's just like the 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 whole the the franchise as a whole is basically just saying you're fucked. There is no answer. I can get behind there, that. That's why, like. 
Yeah, this is why it's the only of the movies where it happened, like, death, the death order happens backwards. Yeah. And in each movie, it, it doesn't make sense. The rules aren't cohesive. The way anything works isn't cohesive. It's just, oh, yeah, you cheated death. You're still fucked and you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that actually works out for me. I'm, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I feel like Tony Todd's character is either actually death or just yeah. some guy that thinks it's funny. <laughs> either way, winning. <laughs> yeah, total winning. Good pull on Tony Todd for this franchise. That was that was aces. Some guy who thinks it's funny. That's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta hand it. To, I mean, I gotta hand it to the this movie and really the series. I mean, for something that just should have been un just unbearably bad it, it's really a lot of fun man i mean there's there, yeah. there's so much shit that came out around that time period that is just it's just so bad like not not fun to watch at all and and it, this one particularly is a lot of, a lot of fun fucking love this man yeah <laughs> there's a scene so whenever they're at the police station right after the right after the uh the pile up and they're all in that interrogation room together like having a little group chat lottery winner guy is in the room that you sit in to watch the interrogation yeah. from behind the mirrored glass and the police the the fat police guy is like they're having a conversation where it seems like maybe that's his son or there's like some sort of weird thing like i want to keep you out of this and then that never comes back around it's just like this weird thing that they forgot to edit out of the movie yeah like they had a they had a little subplot that they decided didn't work but then they just forgot to take that shot out with it or something yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Real weird. Yeah. Real weird. <laughs> but yeah, David R. Ellis uh, died under mysterious circumstances. They found him dead in his hotel bathroom, and they said foul play was not uh, suspected, uh, but they never released what the cause of death is, and he was in David Carradine movies, so you make your own assumptions. Oh, he must have been part of the wank choke cult. Sorry. Or, you know, it could be drugs, yeah. or he could have Elvised himself yeah. on with a really good poo. <laughs> or a really bad one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the worst poo. A Final Destination poo. Oh my god. The Final Destination camera just goes up into your colon, and it's like, ah, look, there's a little part that's coming loose. <laughs> part seven. <laughs> John... In two weeks' time, we're going to be reviewing a movie mm -hmm. of your picking. Mm -hmm. What what movie would that be? Um, as we had talked about uh, last time, we oh. kind of had done a series of um, white dude movies, <laughs> like white dude directed <laughs> movies. Um, so yeah, yeah. I guess I well, I guess I stuck with the white part, but I I, I picked a. Uh, a I did kind of a pretty deep search, actually, just trying to, you know, compile a list of marginalized stuff I was looking for. And it felt like I was chasing something a little too much. But then I found this, this I stumbled across a list of female horror directors that was actually a good list. Because usually the lists are, nice. shit, lists are shit. But this one was good. And yeah. I had seen all but like a couple of the movies on the list. Most, most horror fans would have seen them. But anyways, this one has become... Kind of a, a cult classic. Well, it has become a cult classic since it came out in 1999. Um, it uh, For a film that came out in 1999, it, it really has its own feel to it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel very dated. Uh, 
But anyways, it's uh, it's Ravenous by Antonia Bird. Oh, it was a uh, a Hollywood production, but it was you know there's there's kind of a fable about you know how it was being made and the studio was freaking out because it was too this and not enough that and all that. There was a bunch of that kind of business going on with the movie, but the the end product is is pretty original and it's got uh, Guy Pierce. It has the uh, Robert, uh, I forget his name, the guy that, that plays the maniac in Train Spotting. Um, I think we talked about this oh, before. God. But, anyways, it's it's a really good movie. It's it's about a bunch of uh, guys that are in a Western, out, Western American outpost, like around Civil War era or whatever. There's like a military outpost out in the West and. Uh, weird shit starts happening. I'll just put it that way. But it's it's a lot of fun. I, it's one of my favorites, really. Just just beyond just horror, it's it's just a really cool movie. So, anyways, Ravenous. I fucking love that movie. All right, we'll get into it in two weeks. Back here at the same place that you've subscribed to, dear listener. So do that and do other things and watch cool movies, including Ravenous from 1999. It looks cool. I've never seen it. I'm excited. It's a lot of fun. For a movie that's about a bunch of dudes stranded in the middle of fucking nowhere, having to deal with other horrible dudes, uh, it's kind of wonderful that it was made by a woman. <laughs> and that nice. you, you get you can feel it in its own way. It's It's kind of interesting, but yeah. So, yeah, so I guess we'll we'll uh, see you in two weeks. Uh, and as always, uh, we're sorry that you have to die in a predetermined order.